0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Gordy here for a really special Bonkers Cards podcast interview. I got to sit down with the Tyler Tarver. Tyler has amassed a massive audience across a number of different social media platforms over the last few years. I'm sure if you're ever into hobby content, you've seen some of his videos. Um, I've known Tyler for a little bit now and I've been meaning to get a sit down interview with him and we sat down in front of the Culture Collision show for over a half hour just talking everything from his hobby history to his journey as an entrepreneur, the cards we like to collect, uh, observations that we've noticed in the hobby over the last few years. It's an incredible conversation. I'm so excited for you guys to get to listen to this. And thank you again so much to Tyler. Um, Your kindness um, and what you do for the hobby is so appreciated. So thank you so much. Um, hope you guys enjoy this interview and if you could please like and subscribe and share it with a hobby friend so without further ado guys Tyler from Tarver's Cards all right, guys, what is going on? We are here with Tyler Tarver from Tarver's Cards outside of the Culture Collision show here in Atlanta, Georgia. Tyler, what's going hey, on? Hey, what up? How you living? You good? <laughs> I'm good, man. We're at a card so show. Good. I can't complain. We're hanging out. second card show. We should make this a routine, bro. Yeah, I know. I well, love it. We, we first met in at the National last the year. the National. Yeah, and um, that was a really cool experience for me as somebody who's been following hobby content for a while, you know, to see some of these characters come out in real life at oh, shows. Oh, yeah. And for those of you that haven't gotten a chance to meet him yet, he is exactly what you would see when you come through on the camera. Thanks, bro. And one of the things that stood out to me was how genuinely kind you were as somebody yeah? who is new is newer to the hobby and I guess these these personalities, if you will, that yeah. walk around. You you wanted to share with me everything you could that could provide value. Yeah, absolutely. So that like really it it stuck with me, man. So I wanted to say yeah. thank you for that. That
1: means a lot. Thank you for saying that to my face. I yeah.
0: appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. We met at the National. We're here now at the Culture Collision Show in Atlanta. And I just got here a few hours ago. I, I did a quick scope of the floor. Yeah, There's deals to be had. It looks to me like it's not just sports cards. It's no. a little bit of a mix of collectibles and stuff like that. Has this
1: your first Culture Collision? Or? So No, I came last year. That was my first. So I got to set up at it last year and it was great.
0: Yes. It was you, great. Had, you had actually recommended me the show based yes, on your experience. Absolutely. And you're a dealer here today, correct? I am. Got a table. <laughs> nice. I come by at all. <laughs> I, I wanna ask you about um your experience as a dealer with a table because that's something I haven't okay. done a lot of um I've only set up as a table dealer once or twice. Okay. Do you enjoy doing it? I do. You know, it, it has its own levels of stress. So like I've made my fair
1: share of mistakes with regards to like pricing parts and doing it, and it's just it's you gotta keep in mind, not everybody that walks by you the table is going to love your stuff. Okay. Whether it's who you grade with the years of cards, like, and you got to keep in mind too, like how many tables do we walk past? Because we look at it and we're like, Oh, I'm not into that. Nothing wrong with it. But it's like, almost like as a dealer, you're just like, Oh, it's like, you're saying you don't like me. You know what I (laughs) mean? Like, but it's not that it's just like, they're not for you. And that's cool. And then you just wait for the people that are, and then you're willing to make deals. Like this is the thing. Like I try not to be what bothers me in other dealers, like dealers that won't come off of it. And, and I have like a sign that just says, yo, comps are crazy. Like I'll make a deal. If I'm off on any comps, let me know and I'll adjust unless I'm like emotionally attached to this card, which means it's like a Jordan pool card. So <laughs> JP, if you're watching, what's up, my guy? <laughs> you, you said a lot there that I feel yeah, so
0: deeply into the first being don't take things personally. Yeah. I think you, to be really successful in this hobby as a business, you need to have thick skin. Yeah. As somebody who does a lot of buying at these shows, it's a good show. If I hear the word no a hundred times, 200 yeah. times, because you always want to get the best deal. Yeah. Um, and I feel like as a dealer, it might get frustrating being on the other end of that, getting low ball offers or yeah. not getting the right interest in your cards. I, you just. Made me think about it. I, I just walked at half of the show floor and anytime I see anything that sparkles or shines or, or is printed after the year 1980, I don't even look at it. Yeah. He might have, this person might have great prices, but yep. it's not what I spoke, yeah. specialize in. So if you're out there and you set up at shows and you haven't had people look at your stuff, I think that's a great point that it, yeah. it might just not be your category. Yeah. But also to be emotionally stable enough to say, you know. Yeah this is kind of what I'm signing up for to some extent. People are going to be trying to get their best deals and stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. You're not everybody's type dating or sports cards. Yeah. And the second piece you talk about that, uh, I needed to learn just, I don't know, through time is the comp piece. Like people, the people who make deals are the ones that are understanding of what a card is currently selling for. All right. Sold comp. That's what he's saying when he says, comp. I mean, you just talked about a big collection you just recently priced. Yeah. How long, what is your comping process, uh, process look like? And how long so does that? So it's tough.
1: So, like, here's the thing. Especially, like, I got a bunch of 90s stuff and a couple collections I bought. And in that were some pretty rare inserts. Um, Granted, like, some of those, you know, those inserts, that's like PMGs. You know, the 90s PMGs stuff, the red and the green. Like, a player you've never heard of is going to sell for thousands of dollars because really? it's a set people are trying to collect all That's of. It's a popular but set. But then there's some. It's like you'll get these golds and they're like a dollar, dollar fifty, and it's like a gold card, but it's just people aren't demanding that set. And so, like, the first thing I look at is obviously player matters, okay? So you got, like, tiers. I do a lot of basketball, or even football. Basketball, football is what I price. And you look at tiers of players and their pricing. And then after that, you're looking at the set. Like, okay, what is that set comping for? Are people collecting that set? Is that a rare set? You know, stuff like that. So, like,
0: you're just always looking at those things. So in the modern market, there's a lot... I think there's a lot more liquidity than the vintage market. Yeah, I agree. You're talking about tiers of players, like... So you might comp a Joe Burrow card, for example, with um a similar serial number um to one that's sold of say Trevor Lawrence because they're in a you know somewhat of a category. They're they're in a category. Now what I've noticed, cause and I don't do a lot of football, but I end up with it at
1: times when I buy stuff or trade. But like you talked about liquidity. There are players that are very liquid that that are not like whether so Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. You're right; they're in kind of the same price range, but your Burrows are going to sell so much faster. Yeah, people love Joe Burrow, like, and they will buy his card. Like John Morant, John Morant's cards fly, and yeah. so do Joe Burrows. Like these people want them.
0: Yeah, and I guess that is something that takes being really integrated into the hobby for a longer period of enough, you know, of time to notice what sells, what doesn't, yeah. what you get hold on to. I noticed that with my vintage shows, like you know, there's a, a, I'm trying to think of a vintage player that's still a Hall of Famer. uh, And uh, I'm sure I'll upset somebody out there, somebody like a Lou Brock or even a Johnny Bench. They don't move as fast as Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Sandy Koufax. So from a dealer perspective, trying to figure out how do I price this, where it will actually move. Do I want to buy this card if I'm on the other end of the table, knowing it won't move? There's a lot to consider when you're a dealer. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, So I wanted to ask you, I guess, also about how long you've been in the hobby. Yeah. Um, because if you guys aren't following him, Tyler has a massive following across a number of social media channels Graham? on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you are. He's there. If you are in hobby content, you've undoubtedly seen this. Yeah. Mix.
1: And you've been, you've been like, this dude needs to chill and do his videos better because he always runs out of time. Or you've been like, Oh, it's okay. I vibe with that. Calls yeah. people chicken nuggets. It's fine.
0: Yes. Chicken nugget's a big thing. Say it way too much. What, what's the origin of chicken nuggets? I have no idea. It's just something really? I said. And then like,
1: it's like, it's weird when you start creating videos online. Cause I started, I do education content as well. yeah. And I started like saying it with that. I was like, Oh, click on this little chicken nugget, like showing teachers what to do. And then I started collecting cards again a few years ago and I started saying it. And it's like, you don't notice what you're saying. And then like, you start reading the comments and then like people do it. And honestly, last year at this show is when I noticed that I said chicken nugget way too much. Yeah. Cause people would like see me and they go, yo chicken nugget. And they would call me chicken nugget. And I'm like, okay, that's one of my phrases. So I got like a mascot made of a chicken nugget.
0: So that's my mascot now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to get into the the hobby beginning. Yes. Sweet kicks. Thanks bro. Um, you collected as a kid, I assume. I did. And like every hobby collector, there's typically a period where you're not into it. Yeah. I'm curious to know, did you leave for a little bit and come back? I did. I did. I took a couple decade break. Uh, it was like 25 year break. It was about
1: the time that, you know, I started trying to like play sports and date girls. Right. Um, spoiler alert, wasn't great at either of yep. it. Uh, <laughs> and, but then I quit doing cards. And then a few years ago, my kid got into comic strips. So like Foxtrot, Calvin and Hobbes, Garfield and he went to buy some books and i looked it up and they're like 15 20 bucks each i was like I was into this. I have these books. So I went through my parents mini storage, found my old MJ binder. Hmm. I was hooked.
0: And when was that? What
1: year? That was, it was 2020. 2020. Yeah. I know that. So the boom, like everybody kind of got into it during COVID, you know? Yeah. And I was really busy because I was doing a lot of help with people and organizations for like marketing stuff because apparently nobody used the internet before 2020. Yeah. Um, and so I was helping them. And then near the end of 2020, that summer, the end of 2020 is when I dug it out and I got super into it. And
0: so started going. did you start your, your, Accounts in 2020, like the Harvest Cards Instagram is only yeah. founded from 2020. I think so, and it has over 50,000 followers. You're like an incredibly recognized oh, figure in thanks, this space, man. and you've you've been doing this for four years, a little less yeah. than four years, like three years, something like that. I I think that's. I mean, hard to process for sure. Yeah. Cause somebody like me who, you know, when I first started seeing content, I assumed that you had been in this for a yes. very long time. Hey. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. You know, no. I, I, I started making content only about a year and a year and a half after you, you know, okay. and some people talk to me and they think I've been in it a long time, but yeah. I haven't. And I bring it up a, because I think social media is explosive right now. Yeah. And I, there's an entrepreneurial twist to all of this that I want to speak to you about more deeply but do you remember those early days of making your oh yeah what, what was that after? oh
1: yeah it's like, it's like um have you ever have you ever walked into an empty room and started just like saying words and it yeah. feels weird that's what it felt like posting because you know yeah. nobody watched my stuff like i was yeah. getting like eight views on everything but like whenever whenever i'm into something whenever i'm enjoying something or i like something or I'm passionate about it I like making content about it because it's a way for me to process what I'm learning and what I'm doing and what I'm collecting. And I just, I enjoy documenting that process. And, you know, if it gets followers awesome and it builds a community of people, you know, that feel like I'm their friend who wants right. to talk about cards with them after their wife is so sick of talking about cards, right. you know, I enjoy it. Yeah. And I like that. And, you know, I, I've kept doing it. I just kept making a bunch of videos and sometimes they do well, sometimes they don't and
0: I just yeah. keep going. No, I mean, it's super inspiring to see as somebody who started making videos later than you. But, um, one of the things that I learned from you and some of the other creators is the authenticity piece yeah. resonates with people. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you're exactly who you'd want. You to be when you meet you. Sense. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know that that stood out to me when I was kind of looking back and thinking about how long you've been doing it. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, I talked about the entrepreneurial side to it as well. Sports cards and the Tarvers cards account. Was that your first social media profile that you created? Oh, no, no, I had, well, so
1: no. For the YouTube, so I had a YouTube channel back in like 2007 or eight, and it was like my—I called it my main channel—and I pretty much just—it's gone through phases. I did vlogs for a while, I did you know, try to be funny for a while, I did different things, and then go on six-month breaks, and then once I started kicking off the sports cards, I just kind of tied it into that, um, and it's been good because I've been more consistent with it than I was with the other content, um, and then I have education channels as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Instagram is new. I started it whenever I started the stuff. TikTok is new um, because I started my education stuff before that. So yeah. it's like I got two parallel lines. I got the education stuff and
0: then sports cards. Right. And I relate to that, not I guess at the magnitude of what you've achieved, yeah. but I I started making content before I was bonkers cards and sports cards. I really interested in finance. Yeah. Um, my career up to this point has always been related to sales or business. My last two years, I was a financial services recruiter in New York. Sweet. And I would write about economic trends. I write about the stock market. I write about personal finance, investing, a lot of like career oriented content. And I was doing okay with it, making TikTok videos and things like that. I was writing a blog. I, I write a blog now about the cards as well. Yeah, but great. I wasn't. As successful with what I the Bonker Beat is the name of that brand you could follow it I'm trying it's, it's still not there but a lot of the lessons that I learned from the Bonker Beat made Bonkers cards a lot easier. Dude, that's what it is. It's always building and learning from something. Like I've, yeah. I've got so
1: many dead websites that I don't use anymore because I really? tried something and it didn't work. And then I lost, I wasn't passionate about it. And it's like, you have to do something and talk about something you love, even if nobody's listening or else you're going to quit. Whether it's successful or not, you're going to quit at some point. How many vloggers have we seen? Like my last vlog. because yeah. they didn't like it. They were doing yeah. it for money or views or cloud or whatever. It's like, you've got
0: to do stuff that you enjoy and talk about stuff you enjoy or else you're not going to keep doing it. Let me ask you, that's really interesting. So I want to ask you about the Tyler Tarver account. Yeah. But what are, what's an example of one of those dead websites? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh So
1: there's one, okay. So there's one, it's called, I had that's crappy.com. Okay. And the idea was that you'd, you'd Nevermind. I'm not gonna tell you that. Okay. So never mind. So I left that one fun. That one didn't come to fruition. Thank goodness. Okay. I didn't post anything. I bought the domain and didn't do it. Uh, what's the other? Tyler Trevor studios. I did wedding videos for like 10 years to make side money. Um, so cause my wife stayed home with her kids. So I need to make more money. So I shot weddings. I shot like 70 or 80 weddings, uh, for people did photography. Uh, what else I've done commercials. I did, I did the, promo videos for a fishing rod company where I was explaining to people about each rod. I don't fish ever. <laughs> I'm just read the script and, and try to make it sound natural. Um, you know, stuff like what? that. Math things, like I've done so much stuff that I'm just like, that was great. It had its moment. And
0: it's not not the thing I'm into anymore. I mean that's profound to me as well because you need to try stuff out. Yeah. Find like what your groove is. Yep. And you, you learn from each of those things to apply it to the next thing. Right. Yeah? And you know, uh, you and I might be cut from a similar cloth in that entrepreneurial we like, Yeah. I and mean, some people really enjoy that stability of a career or, you know, they kind of tell themselves, like, this is what I am. I yeah. am an accountant or I am an engineer and they don't really explore those interests or passions that they have. Yeah. And that's not a good or bad thing. I think it, it's a, honestly a personality trait, yeah. if anything. And, but I want to talk about Tyler Tarber, the, yeah. the educator and yeah. the uh, the creator in that space as well. What what is the passion behind that? And like, tell me about that because you have over Great. sixty sixty five thousand I think followers. We just checked on Instagram? on Instagram. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And I got
1: like I've got a good amount on TikTok and YouTube as well. Yeah, and it's just you know, I'm an educator. Like that's, that's been my day job since I got out of college. And, you know, I taught high school math. I was a principal. I worked at central office. I was a dean of a college. So it's like, that's what I do is education. And then in that I've started training teachers and like, so I do like trainings and I do, I speak and like, you know, open and do keynote stuff. And so that's kind of been my lane and I'm really passionate about education and learning, you know, learning everything, you know, even videos or cards or anything. I'm very passionate about learning, but in the education realm with teachers, like I just see the value in teachers getting better because that means students get better. And when students get better, literally the world gets better yeah. because teachers teach everyone. And if we can make everyone better, we can make everything better. And so I just really passionate and I see the value in it. So yeah, love working well, with
0: teachers, man. There's a lot. I would love to ask you as a- yeah. to that as well. One of the observations I've noticed about the hobby is there are a lot of uh, educators. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the dealers I speak to are teachers full time yeah. and, you know, the card hobby is a side business. You know, this, they have summers off. They can go to the national or go to some of these bigger shows. Why do you think there is outside of maybe the flexibility with teachers? Is yeah. there anything else that correlates with education to?
1: That's a good question. I've thought of that before and I, yeah. I, I haven't thought of it like maybe like I, I, a lot of people get into education because the schedule allows you to spend time with your kids. Cause your kids go to school for the same amount of time you're working. So mm. it's like you get like, you take that job knowing that one of the perks is I get to spend time with my kids. And I think if you're very family oriented, you get, are, do you have kids? No. Okay. So I've got a few kids. And one of the things as a, as a, as a father is, you want to show interest in the things your kids are interested on because now it's like, you guys have that. It's like you're adding layers to things you have in common. Even if it's like, I wouldn't choose to, you know, Read Sherlock Holmes, but my oldest son loves Sherlock Holmes. So we go to plays. I watch movies. I listen to books, you That's know. Awesome. So it's like you get into the stuff they like so that you can have those conversations with them, you know, and it's just like finding those similar interests. And so I think that maybe, um, you know, seeing your kids, like you're very family oriented, your, your kids start getting into cards. A lot of kids get into cards. Maybe the parents go along with them. It reminds them of when they were a kid and then they start kind of jumping into it. That's what I could see. Yeah.
0: I think there um, I think a lot of times. Two educators are interested in history. I mean, me specifically. Yep. A lot of the guys I speak to are history teachers. That's a good point. They they value the the historical relevance of some yeah. of the stuff we're looking at. Yeah, I was a history major in college. So I, I mean, go. it's crazy to hear how many different things you've done because you, you're yeah. very young. You don't seem yeah. very Thanks, old, man. you a dean of a college. You were a, a high school teacher. You were yeah. shooting commercials. You're yeah. Yeah. There's so many things you've done in a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's inspiring. Thanks, I man. I, one of the things I sh- have struggled with up to this point. I graduated college in 2018. I graduated okay. from Penn State. Nice. So I've been out five years, six. Yeah. This will be my sixth year in May. Um, and I worked for three or four companies. And yeah. every time I would leave a company, it wasn't necessarily I was doing poorly, but I didn't have that passion. And I w- was beating myself up over, you know, I'm trying something new. Like my resume looks jumpy. Yeah. And I'm letting that go. I'm working on letting it go. Yeah. And you've, you've been willing to just put yourself out there and try all these different things. Yeah. If there's one person out there that hears that or hears me speaking about it, know that that does exist. You don't have to do one thing and you can try to, you know, chase a project. That's really cool to hear. Exactly. Um, thank you. The education, the education background. So your full time job outside of cards is more educating educators at yeah. this point. You're not in a school currently teaching. No, so I work for an organization. I'm director of learning and development. And so okay. I oversee
1: some learning programs there. But yeah, I do most yeah. of my stuff is from, you know, digital products, stuff I provide teachers. I have a membership area where I have trainings for teachers <laughs> and
0: then I travel and speak and stuff That's like that. awesome. Man. It's really fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, living the real life of an entrepreneur following his passion. The... um. <laughs> So that kind of covered the background to it. I wanted to talk to you about that, the hobby and you as a collector. We talked about the business side to it as well, but there's also like we both, really like to collect this stuff oh gosh
1: i'm way more of a collector than i am somebody who sells stuff <laughs> yeah. I, like all my big, biggest purchases are stuff i don't want to sell i'll just like keep it yeah i'm like amanda it's worth this she's like are you gonna sell it i go no i should have
0: not unless and we have to maybe what we could do as well is another portion of this interview we can walk the floor yeah we can see i mean did you bring some of your personal collection with you to the um, show um I brought a couple, just like two okay. or three, not a lot. Well, well maybe we can show the audience a little bit of the stuff that you like yeah, to personally collect. i love that. But if you haven't followed him before, who's your big PC guy? Who do you okay, really like? Okay, so I <laughs> I collect
1: the goats, okay? <laughs> yes. So you got Michael Jordan, right. you got Steph Curry, LeBron James, Jordan Poole, Hank Aaron, right. uh, Jackie Robinson, Ron Gant, all the greatest players right. of
0: all time. Right, let's
1: jump into the seven Jordan grades.
0: Poole quick. Seven know. grades. What's with Jordan Poole? Why? Okay, so
1: JP. All right. <laughs> so I love the Warriors, and which I, Steph I watching Steph got me back into basketball, um, back into watching basketball. And so I love Steph. And I started collecting. And when I started collecting, I was like, I love the Warriors, but Steph's expensive expensive i'm you know i'm spending like a couple dollars at this thing you know at this point and so they had a couple of rookies eric pascal who was in the running he's in the top five for rookie of the year he played for the warriors and then jordan Poole. and you know they were tanking that season but and i can go to shows and i go to the dollar boxes and get jordan Poole cards for like a quarter you know right. they're super cheap that was my cheap collect had a bunch of his autos and silvers and all this makes sense and then a couple years later He came in the playoffs and started averaging like 30 points a game, popping off, pool party, death pool lineup, like insane. And I literally, I had like, I had 300, 350-ish Jordan pool rookies at that point. Probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 autos, all this stuff. I sold seven cards, seven cards. And made like fifteen hundred bucks, paid for my entire collection of Jordan pool cards plus more. And those have all come down since then. But I have a bunch and you know, he's still one of my favorite players to collect. And now I talk about him so much, you know, on videos. People know I like him. So kids, when I set up his shows, these kids will go and they'll go table to table, find Jordan pool cards, and then walk them across the thing, sell them to me for money. They're making like 10, 20 bucks in like five minutes. they <laughs> are like, I'm going to buy it. They're just like, I'll buy all your drone pools. They go to me and they just give me an... And I, I, if it's a kid, I usually just buy it. I'm like, all right, yeah. whatever you say, let's do it. And I'm paying over comps and I, it's just fun. You know, <laughs> I got kids literally hunting JPs. I got to stop. It's going to be... How big is the pool collection? What are you up to? I got got a considerable amount. Let's okay. just say that. Yeah. I, I'm No exact sure, number. I probably got between... Even with his drop in his market, I probably got between 10, 15 grand worth of Jordan Poole cards. Wow. I was just curious even from the
0: quantity. Oh, the quantity? Box. I've probably got four to five hundred. Four to five hundred. Yeah, probably wow. closer to five. Huh. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, so, it's too much. Now my channel is mostly a vintage Oh I baseball love vintage box. baseball. So uh most of my guys who are watching this uh love. Basically, anybody who played before 1980. Yep. My PC is mostly Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson. Okay, I don't collect Willie, but I collect the other two. So, Jackie and Hank. I just bought an
1: autographed Hank Aaron baseball bat.
0: Really? Yeah, I was really excited. Here, to get it. today? No, no, no. I bought it a couple weeks ago. Okay, very yeah, yeah. cool. Is it, is it like a replica or a game, no, game I, bat? So,
1: I don't know. It's 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 Hank Aaron. It's got his name on it and everything. I'm not sure if it's game-used, um, but yeah, it's a Hank Aaron bat. It looks legit, and it's got his autograph, and it's JSA certified.
0: So All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. You fun. guys see a Hank Aaron signed bat pop up in one of my videos, you'll know where I got it from. I'm going to make him an offer. Let's right go. I'm going to turn it down.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but, I love it. You told me last that you were looking for a Jackie Robinson rookie card. Yep. Got it. The 48 Leaf. Yeah. Do you know I got it? Have you seen I, the video? I have seen the video. Um talk to me about that. What okay. was that process? It was uh
1: like? it was a little stressful. So it's the most expensive card I've ever purchased. Online, yeah, and I bought it through eBay bids. I went to bed, and it, the Jackie Jackie rookies go what three or four grand usually, closer to four. Grade, yeah, uh, ungra- raw raw goes like thirty five hundred, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have the is it is it fake? You have that that plan in. Sure. And so I was on eBay one night, and the bids were up to like I don't know 28 dollars, and I was like whatever. I threw in like I think I said like twenty nine fifty. Yeah. Woke up the next morning. I'm thinking I didn't win. I won. You won. You know, after tax and all that, it was like thirty two hundred, I think, tax and all that. Whatever, no shipping, but whatever. Right. Get it for thirty two, and I'm thinking, my, in the back of my mind, I'm like eBay authenticity. Like they, they'll get it. They're yeah. like, it's authentic or not because it was raw. I get it in my mailbox. It did not go to eBay authentication. It came straight to me, dude. Had it no top loader. It's no really? had a top loader, no penny sleeve. And I'm like, open it up. I'm like, where's the authenticity? So literally, I I got it at the PO box, sat in my truck, made a video opening it, went on the SGC app, did the one to two day turnaround, 120 bucks I think. Walked back in, mailed it, didn't even leave. Mailed it, got it back like three or four days later. PSA or not beans? Uh, SGC one. Bang. Yeah, SGC one.
0: What a roller coaster of emotion. It was bit. crazy. Now I it's mean, like four to five grand. Yeah, that's it. Well, first of all, congrats. Same, great. I was really excited. Second of all, there's guys out there that will ship a card like that of that value. It's, it's like, what? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Like. Figure out the hobby etiquette of shipping a card. At least, yes. you know, cut up a uh, box of wheat thins and wrap yes. in some card. Yeah, or
1: yeah, <laughs> put a napkin around it, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. I have yeah. never owned a 48-leaf Jackie. Um, I have never even had it on my show. It's a card that I do see myself trying to eventually get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be one that you keep forever, you think, or will you? Yeah, probably. It over time, uh, unless I have to sell it to like fund a housing project that we're doing or something. Right. You know? <laughs> See. That's pretty cool, man. I I remember the first time I bought a card on eBay for that kind of money. It was my first Hank Aaron rookie card. It was, uh, it was what do you it, get? it was an SGC one or an SGC one point five. Okay. And I remember like. Like sweating, I was so nervous. Of spending oh, yeah, it, it was probably almost two thousand dollars, probably eighteen hundred to two thousand. Yes. By far the biggest personal collection I have purchased I ever made. Yeah, that that thrill is is exciting. It is those that buy their first card. Oh gosh, yeah, and, and it gets there, and yeah. So that's a really cool, you know, background to it. I, I brought, you know, some of the stuff I brought today. um, I'm trying to think of some of the cards that I have. I have Burke Ross stuff. I really like sign cards. Oh, we're going of... to go see uh, some of his stuff later um, in the interview. But, um, you know, this this card, for example, oh, I really like that. Um, Burke that Ross is so movie. sick. So that's a 1952 Burke Ross maze in a five high-grade card. This was a regional set printed in the New York metro area. So it's a really low population count card. Kind of um, I also just bought today... A Ted Williams from the same set. So Ooh,
1: you bought this today? I
0: bought the Ted Williams today. Yeah. That is dope. Are but you trying to collect the set? I um I I know that it's rare. I know it's low pop. I know collectors are interested in it. So sometimes I buy stuff when I think the the number's right. Yeah. I can either keep it or sell it. Yep. The stuff I really try to collect is signed Hank Aaron cards. I'm pretty yeah. specific. I want playing years Hank Aaron stuff. Okay. Or um, 1954 tops is like my favorite. Oh, site. that's a great
1: set. I love, I love it. I know. Tops. I've seen your collection. It's incredible.
0: I, I want to continuously upgrade it like over time. That's so dope. And uh, SGC slaps. I'm a big SGC guy. So if SCC, if you're watching, I'm, you know, we're looking for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> SGC is dope. I love SGC. They're, they're by far my favorite grading company. It's, I agree. It. It's so, so good. Yeah. So I guess a couple more questions, and then we can walk the the floor. And I appreciate again. Thank of you so course. much for all the time. Yeah, I'll just hope my kid didn't sell my cards too low. Yeah, I, you know, the content evolution you've had since 2020 to now. I want to ask you, what is the biggest thing you've seen change about the hobby since you've been back in, like the hobby as a whole? Yeah, since 2020.
1: Um, I think. The- I think people are getting ripped off less and which I like, okay. uh, because you know, when I got into it, everything was expensive. You, actually I'll tell you the biggest thing you can actually buy cards at the store. That's yeah. the biggest change. Cause I remember for two years, I did not find one pack of basketball cards and I went to probably a hundred plus Walmart's targets, all Couldn't of it. it. Couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So the fact that you can just find cards is great. And then also I think that like all of us that jumped in in the past few years, yeah. I feel like we're getting better at it and we're not getting, You know, because there's some people that have been in for a while and they're a little pushy and, you know, you don't want to be uncomfortable or be rude. And, you know, I just think we're all getting a little better at it. And I think it's starting to level everything
0: out. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I dipped my toe back into the hobby, it was really 21. It was after this big boom. I didn't see that what you're talking about. But what it sounds like is that a lot of the hysteria has moved away. Yep. And, uh, you know, the real ones kind of stayed. Stuck around. Like any sort of, you know, stock chart or whatever, you see these spikes and you see it come down, but that return period, like we set a new foundation of what the base is of collectors. steadier, Yes, absolutely. So that's awesome to hear, man. I mean, from a content perspective, have you seen anything change as well? Uh, Yeah. Like it's same thing you just said, like a lot of those guys that
1: were just jumping in because there was no content, they were trying to fill that void and make money. A lot of those dudes have dropped off. Um, You know, a lot of them that were just like, cause you get content and it's fine. And people, they'll just want to flip, you know, buy and flip. And they're just like, oh, look at this car, you know. That's fine. Um, and there's there's a place for that, I think. But I think you've seen a lot of those guys drop off because they're not able to
0: flip and make money every two and like it might, used to be like making money a hand over foot. Now it's like a little right. harder. They might not have been as passionate about it. Exactly. Like I like you talked about, and one of the things I've been learning through highly successful people, you have to be consistent. And to be yes. consistent, you need to be passionate. Oh, right? Absolutely, Consistency breeds success. Correct. Same with social media. Every day. Yeah. yeah social you media, you have to be there every day. Yeah. So in order to be there every day, you have to really, really freaking like it. You have to want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. 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 So that's cool to see from a content evolution. When you talked to me right before we turned the camera on, I mean... This, be in a position where you're interviewing Derek Jeter. Yeah, that was cool. He's like a childhood idol of mine. Yeah. What was like that? You met him at the, Netflix. I mean, he's no Ron Gant, but he was a really nice guy. Uh,
1: I really liked him. He, he's super chill. Like he's super yeah. chill. We got to have dinner. Like there's a big group of us that got to go to a dinner. You had dinner with him. Yeah. Well, he, he bounced table to table because there was like seven or eight tables. But yeah, he hung out on a table for a while. We all get to eat and Arena Club, you know, his grading company there. Wow. They're the one grading and like, you know, vaulting and all that. Um, they hosted a bunch of us. And then, you know, the next day I get to interview him and that was a lot of fun and it was, it was great. It was a great experience. Super yeah. cool guy, super nice, super
0: chill. Yeah. Very, very kind. I mean, if I'm in that situation, I'm like, I'm shifting. I'm yeah. so nervous to Well, kidding.
1: I was sweating, but the only reason I was sweating is because my kid left my backpack in the bathroom at the other side of the National. So I'm like, I'm about to miss an interview with him, but also all my stuff's going to get stolen. So we run across the largest warehouse I've ever been to, like four warehouses running, and it was already danky and hot. I'm in like the the baseball mitt section of like gross dudes that don't sell anything, but they show up every year. And I'm like (laughs) funneling through their fog, and I like go in, and we found the backpack, and then I book it all the way up, upstairs, then I get there, and I'm sitting across from Derry Jeter, interviewing him, and he's sitting there, right where you are. And I'm sitting yeah. here, and I'm talking to him, and I can feel <laughs> sweat beads dripping down my face. like And he's he's like, look, I can see his eyes just kind of looking at me, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, so what do you think about, you know, when did you start collecting, Derek? <laughs> you know? What do you think if he'd have been drafted to the Astros? That's uh, what I'm doing. that sweat. I was, oh, I was the worst. And here's the thing. This is what bothers me the most, okay? <laughs> I didn't like the Yankees growing up, because I like the Braves. okay I have a, um, so it was um, a negro league baseball team the brooklyn eagles but it said they have the similar new york thing they're from like the 30s and 40s and i have that hat it's the only kind of new york thing i own i had that in my backpack and i didn't even put it on i forgot that i had it i could have just popped the hat on catches a sweat i'm I'm, good i'm I'm good to go
0: yeah well and i didn't do it man well i part of it is that you're you know the challenge of operating as a father, a kid losing your thing. There's a lot yeah, going on. There's in that a board.
1: lot happening in that moment. I'm like, what questions are going to ask? The fact
0: that you were able Ugh. to still, you know, conduct an interview yeah. with the captain in that experience is pretty cool. Yeah. So, I and mean, he did sign. Uh,
1: so I had three national tickets. This is his first national he's ever been to. Three national tickets. And they he signed three of them. He signed we, for you. He signed three of them and numbered them all. One to three. It says uh, first national. That's so really cool. Him, did, we did a giveaway and I gave one of them away. I still got two. That's
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Huh. It cool. Well whatever. I mean what I guess Again, we're going to wrap up here. We're at the Culture Collision Show um, here in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to ask you in terms of what are you on the hunt for this weekend? What, anything specifically you're. You know? um,
1: so, you know what? There's a few. I'm working on a few sets. Um, so, if I can find those, great. My main thing is um, just I'm trying to sell a little bit because there's a couple things I did want to buy back home and I got to pay those dudes for that. Um, you know, I'm working on like the EX credentials. I just started that. I'm trying to get uh, that's, that's from 96 Kobe rookie year, those white borders. It's basketball trying to get all those they're numbered at a 499 i'm trying to get one autograph card of everybody in the top 75 for nba wow Um, that's a great project yeah it's been fun i just started that one about a month or two ago i've been working on trying to get one hank from uh Every year he played. Nice. So working on that. And then yeah. Jackie won from every year he played. So nice. You know, you never know until they come to the table and then some just look dope looking
0: cards. I'll buy them. Love yeah. MJ, Jordan Poole, you know, the goats. That's, that's cool. I feel like one of the things that's awesome about this hobby is there's so many different ways you can collect. Yeah. So many different projects you can take on. I love yes. that top 75 NBA idea. Yeah. That's really cool. This
1: guy bought my first sale of the show. This guy came up at a Jerry Rice 86, uh, tops rookie card and he bought it. And I was like, oh sweet. I was like, I got the whole set. He's like, well, actually, I'm working on he picked t- his top twenty favorite cards when he's a kid and he's gonna collect a hundred of each of those cards. Yeah. And that's one of them. He's got like fifty something Jerry Rice rookie cards and he's gonna try to get a hundred. That's
0: a cool, a really cool idea for me to collect. Yeah, I love that. Like there's so you choose how you wanna do the hobby. Exactly. And uh there's a lot of creative uh freedom in that, but there's also like, you know whether it's a different budget or a different player or a market there's something for everyone yep. and that's what's really cool. Absolutely. I think um you know I have a big vintage separate I'm going to be doing in the next month or two so I'm looking for some key cards on that. Sweet. What year? Um I can well, you say it's a secret? God, don't it's don't a surprise. Want, it's a big surprise. Subscribe below <laughs> so that you can see the next one. I'll say this set is earlier than any of my other separates. It would be the Ooh. oldest separate that I ever try okay. to put together. Okay, uh, Thirty-six County. Yeah, so we we might be we might be playing in that realm. Okay. We might be playing that rock. So
1: a guy that lives near me, he has the largest collection of autographed Gaudi cards in the, the world. The 33 Gaudi collector? 33. I said 36. Yeah, 33 Gaudi. Yeah. The, uh, his Instagram page. Yeah, I've seen yeah he, he sets up a shows in my town. He's a great dude. Super kind. We've done a ton of trades. And he always wins the trades.
0: If you ever trade with him, he's going to win. The 33 Gaudi collector. Yep. Yeah. Shout out that guy if he's watching. He's super cool. He has a really good collector. Yeah, he's great. And where are you based out of? Where, what, I'm, uh, I'm next show. to Little Rock in Little, Arkansas. In Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm t- totally different region country i'm in northern new jersey so oh yeah i was in new jersey yesterday really yeah for an education yeah i was speaking at an education conference that's awesome yeah i was in atlantic city huh i'm I'm a big fan of atlantic city i I do like to gamble i'm a blackjack guy yeah it's good
1: (laughs) i didn't do any so there you go uh, just
0: because i would have lost you (laughs) use the the spending money here that's i gamble at these tables that's right all right tyler well this will wrap up our interview I, i think we'll we'll take a walk inside maybe yeah. look at a few more tables i want to see some of the stuff you brought but love it again this is tyler tarver tarver's cards you can follow him on instagram on youtube on tiktok he's huge thanks man um and yeah i mean thanks for spreading positivity in the hobby appreciate it and uh, being a role model for content creators like me that are trying to figure it hey, out hey i look up to you too i love watching your stuff you're one of my favorite creators like it's awesome thanks man i, I appreciate it, it. and let's let's get in there see what let's we- do it <laughs> thanks guys